All right, it's a new day. New day on Locked In. We're moving past all the negativity of yesterday, moving on from Peyton Pierce unexpectedly committing to Ohio State at 6 p.m. last night. You probably didn't miss it. That's exactly what happened. At least I'm ready to move on. Is anybody else ready to move on to the text line, Parker? Or are we still uh, going to spend 30 to 40 minutes today talking about how OU missed on a big linebacker prospect? I'm hoping we can move forward. I'm just wondering if everyone else is ready to move forward. Well, I think the overall mood on the text line over the next 15, 20 minutes will probably dictate the answer to that question. Yeah, I'm probably so. Probably so. We had to uh, mention something positive yesterday. We had our little uh, positivity hour yesterday after that news dropped. Uh, So I don't know if we necessarily need to go there today. Uh, But, yeah, Peyton Pierce commits to Ohio State. We'll mention that as the hour goes on. But there's a lot of other news to get to. And, and really, ESPN just dropped a new set of rankings today. Now, I don't look at ESPN's rankings the way I do 24-7's rankings. I don't look at it, like, necessarily the same. But there are some OU targets that had a pretty big little jump in these rankings Uh, David Stone is now the number five overall prospect in the new ESPN 300. Williams Winery is at number 10. Bryant Wesco is up to number 23, up from 192. But let's start with the uh, two of the big four here. Man, in ESPN's latest set of rankings, you got two OU defensive line targets in the top 10. Yeah, it's nice to see, isn't it? And I know there are some people that are going to take the text line and say, well, we don't pay attention to ESPN's right. And look, ESPN and their recruiting rankings in general should be taken with a grain of salt because they do not nearly have the human capital invested into recruiting rankings as does 24-7 and or Rivals and or On3. But it is nice to know that, okay, here's another nationally acclaimed recruiting service that is very much – of the same opinion as the others in that David Stone and Williams Nwaneri are two of the top 10 overall prospects in the entire country. And I generally at this point in the cycle, there's a lot more disagreement over uh, who makes up the upper tier with some exceptions. You know, there's always a guy like an Arch Manning or a Dylan Riola that sticks at the top and never really wavers. But generally when you're, eight months away from the All-American game and eight months away from seeing these guys up against one another in an all-star type environment, there can be a ton of disagreement when the experts watch the tape and they try to will down the field and figure out who the very best in the country are. To know that Stone and Nuaneri are pretty much universally regarded as two of the top ten in the country and to know that Oklahoma is the odds-on favorite for both of those guys, uh, that's good news. Yeah, what did they say? Uh, Stone got a slight bump up in the rankings. He was uh, previously at number 14, now up to five. Uh, he just now earned his fifth star from ESPN. About time, guys. He is a stout big man with impressive raw tools and a competitive spirit. He is a disruptive force in the trenches with an explosive first step. For a player of his size, six foot five, 285, Stone possesses fluid movement with the ability to quickly redirect, enabling him to be a factor at the line of scrimmage. Uh, He is choosing between OU, Michigan State, Miami, LSU, A&M, and Florida. Uh, They had some very nice things to say about Winnery, too. Uh, His top schools, according to ESPN, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Missouri, Oregon, and Georgia. But, yeah, two of the big four listed in the top ten. 
but maybe the biggest riser in all of the ESPN 300, and they're a little bit late to the party on this one, is Bryant Wesco, top 10 player with 24-7, five-star wide receiver with 24-7. He is now a top 25 player at the wide receiver position, and if he's not the best wide receiver in this class, Barker, he's got to be at least top three, man. I mean, this dude is the real deal, and I saw a highlight from him earlier today, just kind of his top-end speed. Uh-huh. Like, he is super athletic. I mean, he, he comes from athletic bloodlines. Like, it's, it's pretty well documented what his dad did at Louisiana Tech uh, in, like, the track and field side of things. But he's got speed. He's got athleticism. I won't be shocked if Bryant Wesco is thought of as the number one wide receiver at the end of this cycle. No, it wouldn't be shocking at all. And it's been a minute since Oklahoma was legitimately in play for the number one wide receiver as signing day got close, right? As you'll recall, two cycles ago, they had a commitment, if only briefly, from the number one wide receiver in Luther Burden, but there came a certain point, i.e. July or August, at which it became apparent that, okay, this is no longer happening. Now, class of 2019, you got quite a haul at wide receiver in Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges, and in general, you've had some really good wide receiver prospects in years past overall, but to have a guy that stands head and shoulders above the vast majority of other receivers, even some of the best receiver prospects in the country right now, to have a guy that stands out from all of them the way that Bryant Wesco does and is really only rivaled by no more than a handful of other receivers in the entire country in the 2024 class this is a position that OU hasn't been in in a minute now. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Smith is 107 in these top 300 rankings by ESPN. No Michael Hawkins, no Jeremiah Newcomb. OU's two current commits right now, but I don't really care if they're in the ESPN top 300 or not. Again, I take I, I take the 24-7 rankings more seriously. That, that just, that's just me. Um, that's, that's preference for me, but I, I, I tend to take more stock about – what 24-7 thinks of these, and, well, even 24-7 recently dropped Michael Hawkins, but still, Mike Hawkins, Jeremiah Newcomb, two players that you want to have. Uh, Dylan Raiola is the number one overall prospect, and before we get to the text line, 405-651-3439, you know, I'm interested in who is going to be the number one overall prospect in this class. Is it going to be a consensus amongst all the recruiting services that it's Dylan Raiola? He's unquestioned the number one player kind of like it was with Arch last year. Um, he probably has the, I don't know, he's probably the early favorite to be that because I think he is number one on all rec- on all recruiting sites. But I-, I wonder if Raiola ends up as the number one overall player at the at the end of the cycle. That will be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, once a guy gets to that level, and once he's, and you saw it with Arch Manning. Now, granted, I don't think there's the same bias with Dylan Raiola as there is with Arch Manning. But generally, a quarterback that gets the top and is, pretty much universally regarded as the consensus top prospect in the country. It's tough to budge a guy from that perch unless he just tanks. And, you know, I, I've known Dylan Riola a while. That kid's a very hard worker, all about business, very humble. And so it, I, I find it difficult to believe he's going to plummet from that perch as the number one overall prospect in the country. What's going to be interesting is to see which way his recruitment begins to trend over the next couple of months. I do think we'll know by June or July where Dylan Ryle is going to be playing college football, whether that's Nebraska or Georgia or USC. Ty from Bartlesville says, is Louisiana Tech going to be a player in West Coast recruitment with the family ties? <laughs> no, Ty. pony up if so. 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, Sam and Edmund, who's going to have more sway with Nigel Smith? Going to be a Hawkins-Pierce battle going after him. Well, here's who's going to have a lot of sway with Nigel Smith. Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis. That should be, if you're an Oklahoma fan, that's the reason why you should be confident in the Sooners' chances. Not because of Michael Hawkins over Peyton Pierce as a peer recruiter, but because of Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis and the length of time over which they've been building a relationship with Nigel Smith and have been hotly pursuing him as one of their top targets in the class of 2024. Uh, from the 918, brought it up last hour, saying again, do you think the Buckeyes NIL Peyton Pierce after the quarterback from Michigan made the comments that OSU doesn't have the guys that they used to have. No. Was that the quarterback from Michigan that, that said that, actually? Um, oh, yeah, no, that was uh, Braylon Edwards is who you're, that you're thinking of. I, and I agree with you. I don't think that NIL was a huge play here. No, it, NIL was not something that was ever going to come into play in Peyton Pierce's recruitment. It came down to the relationship with James Laurinaitis as well as, and I mentioned this yesterday, the desire to play a linebacker in the Big Ten, and this was something that I actually talked about, oh, close to two months ago, right after I had been down to Lovejoy to talk with Peyton in person. I'd mentioned it on the airs. Look, the kid was just very intrigued by the possibility uh, and the prospect of playing linebacker in the Big Ten because he regards it as the linebacker's league. And you look at last year's Buckus Award winner, Jack Campbell of Iowa, just the way that football is played in the Big Ten. You wouldn't call it archaic. You wouldn't call it obsolete. But the Big Ten still has a smash-mouth type of aura to it as a league that the other four power conferences in college football don't anymore. And so that's what makes the Big Ten alluring to a linebacker like Peyton Pierce is, hey, as an inside backer, as somebody that's eager to come downhill and defend the run, I'm going to be getting a lot of action in the Big Ten. Uh, one more before we hit a break. EJ from Louisiana. Does OU miss not getting the tight end from Nebraska, being that we are thin at the position now? It's an interesting question, EJ. I mean, they knew – I mean, I, I think that they had an idea uh, that they were – that the tight end position was going to look like this, even going back to last year with Braden Willis being your starter there, do they miss it? I mean, I, I, I can't speak for them now, but it sounds like if OU wanted Malachi Coleman, they could have had Malachi Coleman last cycle. Yes, and I, I will never understand why they, they elected two years to miss take it. it but, we'll see. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe you're really hurting a couple years down the road when Malachi Coleman's just balling out at the University of Nebraska, but – who knows? Maybe Kate McIntyre turns out to be a stud. Maybe you get a borderline 1,000-yard season out of Austin Stogner. And, look, if you if you sign Malachi Coleman last cycle, are you as eager to take Austin Stogner in the portal? And so we can read the tea leaves right now, and we can project as much as we want, but this is going to be uh, the type of transaction, as it were. Where I, I think this fall will give us a sense as to whether – Oklahoma knew what they were doing saying no to Malachi Coleman or whether they ended up getting the short end of the stick. Because if you have Coleman on the roster, I'm not entirely certain whether you take Austin Stogner or are as eager to take that kid. So I, I, I thought they should have taken him. I thought they should have made room for him. I thought with the kid's character, his work ethic, the, the, as much as he wanted to be a Sooner and he did want to be a Sooner, I felt Coleman should have ended up in Oklahoma's class. 
The staff had other plans. They had other desires. It is what it is. Yeah. All right, keep the text coming, 405-651-3439. And I want everyone to ponder over this during the break. Now, I'm talking about a position group here. Fill in the blank. Regardless of what happens, I will not be concerned with blank. Throw a position group in there. You're looking at this team right now. We're getting towards the end of spring ball. What position group above all the rest are you really not that concerned about? Maybe there's not that position group from you. Regardless, I'd like to hear who you're most confident right now is going to have a really good season coming up. 405-651-3439. I'm at the Moore Norman Technology Center. I'll tell you more about that coming up next. Fun day here at the Moore Norman Technology Center. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. You guys are killing it on the text line. Telling us about which position group that uh, you are currently most optimistic about. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, I'm at the Moore Norman Technology Center where it's signing day. It is signing day here at the Moore Norman Technology Center. And uh, a few minutes after 6 o'clock, we are going to have new students put on their Moore Norman Technology Center hats in a commitment ceremony, which is going to be really cool. So uh, coming up for the next few minutes here, we have a few fun interviews. And first we have... Hi, y'all. My name is Patricia Cook. I'm a student at Moore Norman Technology Center, and I'm in the Electrical Trades Program. Well, nice to meet you, Patricia. Nice to meet you, too. You're going to have new students and parents on campus tonight for signing day. Just yep. talked about that. What's something new students may not know about Moore Norman? Um, so when I joined Moore Norman, I had absolutely no idea what Skills USA was or what CTSO even stood for. So my instructor, Mr. Brian McLaughlin, communicated me, with me that I had what it takes to become a Skills USA officer representing my program. I applied and I got in and I met some of my lifelong friends and got to participate in successful community outreach activities. Becoming a Skills USA officer opened all kinds of doors for me, from touring the Oklahoma State Capitol to landing my dream job and starting my career at 17. Becoming a Skills USA officer was one of the greatest blessings the Lord has given me. Moore Norman is also staffed with the best members of society. Miss Tracy Hopper is our CTSO advisor. She treats all of us as her own and pushes us to our full potential, as a leader should. My instructor, Mr. Brian McLaughlin and Miss Julie Clark, have been my role models in becoming a part of Skills USA. Both of them have guided me down a path of success and without them i wouldn't be sitting here today nailed it nice job <laughs> very good thank you all right we'll have uh we'll have someone else here for more norman technology center coming up correct do we have yes someone else who, who's who's uh, second coming up here uh more norman technology center signing day coming up uh coming up second here go ahead and uh tell us your name we have um lilia valeria weekly from pre-engineering program at MNTC. Lilia, tell us a little bit more about your student organization. So like Patricia said, I didn't really have any idea about any like leadership programs or like extracurriculars. I came in with the set mind that this was for engineering and engineering only. I wasn't going to do anything else. And then Miss Hopper comes in and she's talking up all the I'm like, sign me up. So we have so many different career tech student organizations on campus. We have HOSA for Health, Business Professionals of America, National Technical Honor Society, TSA for Engineering, and then Skills USA, which is what we're from. All right, two for two. Thank you very much, Lilia. Who's, uh, who's coming up next? Number three. 
By the way, Rob from Moore on the text line says, I'm taking my daughter to Moore Norman tonight. Awesome you guys are out there. Rob, I'm getting out of here at 6 p.m. You better get here before 6 and come say hello. Uh, who are you? Hi, my name is Mari Dietzik-Williams, and I'm here in the graphic design program at Moore Norman. Mari, tell us, uh, or what types of things have you uh, all participated in this year through your student organization? So we, we do a lot of fundraisers, a lot of leadership conferences. We even get to go to um, state contests. But um, this year specifically, we got to do the pumpkin carving contest where you know, the carpentry program, they made a wooden pumpkin. The, the welding program used metal. And all the funds that we collected from that, we donated to the Toby Keys Kids Corral. And we've also donated to the Regional Food Bank this year and had a fundraiser for United Way, which we actually do every year. We also adopt families um, every Christmas so that kids can get presents. We did a hygiene drive last year. And we even got to speak at the Capitol this year for um, National Technical Honor Society. And then this year, we're doing something really special. We're going to be going to volunteer at Toby Keith's Kids Corral and get to um, help clean up and do some arts and crafts with the kids, which is this big, beautiful home where kids battling cancer and their families can stay for free of charge however long they need while they're getting treated. So yeah, we do a lot of really, really involved community service type activities yeah. and there's just a lot of opportunities That's awesome thank you so much that means we got abrielle as our uh last interview here on site more norman technology you are in the graphic design department correct yes i am and i'm also currently the president of skills usa here wow. at more norman well why should new students get involved in leadership at more norman if i had to give it one word our leadership program i would give it opportunities i feel like more Norman leadership gives us the resources, the connections, the education, because if I didn't have this opportunity, I probably wouldn't have been able to go to as many conferences, meet as many people. I've been able to shake hands with Mr. Brent Haken, and he's actually the director of the Oklahoma Department in Career Technical Education here, and it's absolutely incredible. We'd be able to go like volunteer and give back to our community. So like Mari said, we've been able to give back to United Way, Toby Keith Kids Growl, and just so many amazing opportunities. And not only that, but we've made lifelong friends here. There are people that I know that I will have on my back and vice versa. And it's just been such a crazy experience being able to do everything, but all with love and giving back to the community. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I can confidently say that joining More Norman and More Norman's leadership has been the best decision I've ever made. And I would not like recommend it more to anyone. If you guys are wanting to come to More Norman or just get involved, I highly recommend. There's so many opportunities in every department. No matter what program you are, there's a place for you here. And I just highly recommend just going out and doing whatever you love. Because I know a lot of us here did not expect to be able to be involved with everything. And now that we're here and being able to do everything that we can, go to competition, get to travel and go to state and possibly nationals, 
absolutely incredible. Super exciting. I think you, I, if the previous three, they didn't talk people into it, I think that you did. <laughs> so very good job. Thank you yeah, so much. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate More it. More Norman Technology Center signing day coming up tonight. So uh, you, you heard some testimonies there about what more Norman Technology Center can do for you. So what else do you need to hear if you're looking for your your next venture in life? All right, so let's get to the text line with some of these um, optimistic position groups here. And, Parker, I'm going to go ahead and start with you since I've given you about ten minutes to think about it now. Position group that no matter what this year, you're going to feel pretty confident that they're going to have a good year. Linebacker. For me, it's linebacker, which is uh, – well, and even as I'm saying that, I think – safety that, that certainly creeps into the back of my head is another acceptable answer. But I think the drastic reversal of the narrative at the linebacker position is one of the most striking things about this football team heading into the 2023 season is how much more athletic and how much deeper they have become at that position. And keep in mind, you don't even have Sammy Omasigo and Lewis Carter on campus yet. And those are two guys that I do it's expect true. are going to push for snaps as true freshmen, Tyler. So whereas you only really had three backers a year ago and you were just trying to figure it out beyond that, I think the Sooners are going to have at the very least six or seven guys at that position that are going to be able to play crucial snaps. Yeah, no, I, I definitely don't hate that answer, especially if they stay healthy. I think Brent's kind of said all along that that's the key definitely for that position. You know, and, and there's been a handful of players that have really had, you know, big time you know, big time practices this spring. It sounds like Kobe McKenzie is one of those guys. So that kind of goes to your linebacker position where – at times, like, he's looked really violent, and he looks like he's made a lot of steps going back from last year. His body looks a lot better. Mentally, he's a lot better. I think Teddy has said that at times he's looked like the best linebacker that they have on the roster. So I think there's some reason to be optimistic about backer. Um, I continue to be optimistic about safety, man. I, I, I think Billy Bowman's really good. I think he's got a chance to be one of the better defensive backs in the conference. And whether it's Reggie Pearson or who else you have starting, you got some young players back there. I'm looking at the safety position for me. That is one that I think game in and game out you're going to be able to depend on pretty heavily. Yeah, and I think across the board defensively there is confidence in your depth at all three levels. It's really just a matter of who emerges. And – even in that safety group, we expect that it could be Billy Bowman and Reggie Pearson. Those are probably the two guys at the top of the depth chart. But you got Key Lawrence, you got Peyton Bowen. When Robert Spears Jennings recovers from his shoulder injury, he's going to be in the mix. Out at cornerback, I'm very intrigued to see what happens with that battle to start opposite Woody Washington between Kendall Dolby and Gentry Williams, as well as to see what kind of push Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner can make. And then up front, I think you got, gosh, 12, 14 guys maybe, Tyler, that – I think are capable of playing high-level snaps for this defense. So, to me, and this is a weird place to be if you're an Oklahoma football fan, isn't it? You almost, and I, I wouldn't say almost, I would say this is the case. I think you have far more questions on the offensive side of the ball than you do on the defensive side of the ball heading into 2023. And yeah. especially in the backdrop of the 2022 season in which Oklahoma was just awful defensively for much of the campaign – it's even more bizarre, but here we are. Don in Tulsa says running backs and offensive line. Now, hey, Don, I love that optimism. I, I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that anyone would have said offensive line. You're absolutely sure that that position is going to be good this year. But if that turns out to be true, Don, um, not that I have a bad opinion of the offense or necessarily even a down opinion of the offense, but. 
the offense might even exceed my expectations going into this year if the O-line's one of the better position groups. In terms of running backs, um, I don't know how many of you watched the uh, mic'd up with Dylan Gabriel. Parker, to me, it looked like that mic'd up that uh, OU football tweeted out was from that scrimmage that they had late last week. Tawi Walker had a couple of big plays. Gavin Sawchuk had a, had at least one big play. And that kind of went with the uh, scuttlebutts that we were hearing from the scrimmage is that the offense had a really good day late last week. And a couple of those running backs, including Tawi Walker and Gavin Sawchuk, had, had pretty big days. And Caleb Hicks, too, is a guy that very quietly yeah. has been having a really, really strong spring. And I was of the opinion heading into spring that if there was a freshman back that was going to see time in year one, going to be able to work himself in that rotation, I was a little bit higher on Dalen Smothers than Caleb Hicks. Caleb Hicks has just shown up and taken care of business ever since he strapped on the pads, man. And I think it's still a scenario in which you'd rather not see either of those freshman backs on the field in year one because that probably means you had – a substantial injury to either Javante Barnes or Gavin Sawchuk. But I also think that with DeMarco Murray's room right now, even if you do get into a situation where you're having to hand the ball to Caleb Hicks and or Dalen Smothers 10, 15 times a game at some point during the season, I don't really question that those guys are going to be ready for it. Uh, very concerned with the defensive line and quarterback, says J.G. Wentworth. D.G. absolutely needs to be better. Not concerned with the secondary. They have a chance to be a really good unit. 918 says running back is the only position to feel good about. Can't be certain about any other. Uh, from the 918s, did you mention Kobe McKenzie? Yeah, we mentioned Kobe McKenzie and the fact that Teddy said, I think, is uh, what, like last week, that at times, not consistently, but at times, Kobe McKenzie has looked like the best linebacker that you have. So year two in the system for him. Can we expect Kobe, uh, Kobe McKenzie to get big snaps this year? Yeah, whether that's in a starter role or not, I, I think that we're going to see Kobe McKenzie out there for sure. And maybe, just maybe, the spring game a week from Saturday, he's one of our big takeaways out there. Maybe that could be the case for Kobe. 405-651-3439. A lot of team stuff to get to as we inch closer to uh, the spring game. Remember, We'll be at Yo Pablo live the day of the spring game from 10 to 2. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We'll be at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. And then for a two-hour postgame show immediately following the spring game as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. More OU next right here on the Homeless Sooner Fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. I'm at the Moore Norman Technology Center today in the Ref Army. Once again, like every other day, listening nationwide. They're listening in Carterville, Illinois, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Seattle, Washington, Overland Park, Kansas, West Palm Beach, Florida, Cypress, Texas, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Davis, Oklahoma. So appreciate the uh, Ref Army once again today, listening nationwide. That's brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment. K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Uh, something to note here. Texas freshman wide receiver Brennan Thompson has requested to enter into the transfer portal, multiple sources say. Now, Brennan Thompson, a once uh, OU target during the mule shoot era, played in nine games last year as a true freshman in Austin. He had one catch for 32 yards. Ah. I would advise... 
that you pay attention to this one. Oh, I've been waiting uh, for you to bring this up. Just pay attention on – yeah, just pay attention with what happens next with uh, with Brennan Thompson. So, yeah, and, a good idea. Don't, uh, okay, no this other is – other way to say it other than that, <laughs> but yeah. This kid is the pride of Spearman, Texas, which is out in the panhandle. It's actually further north geographically than Norman is. Spearman, Texas is north of here and also very far west, but it is further north geographically than Norman is. Brennan Thompson is an absolute burner, i.e. 10.2 in the 100-meter dash as a senior in high school, Tyler. That is truly elite speed. We're talking, and the comparison that... I got from Brendan Thompson from somebody in the industry. I, I never got the chance to make the trip out there and watch him in person, but I know someone who did. And the comparison that he made was, man, that is a small school Tyree kill right there. And to me, Brendan Thompson is a guy that can be a Tavon Austin-esque playmaker at the collegiate level. Didn't have much of an opportunity to strut his stuff at Texas. He caught one pass for 32 yards as a freshman, only appeared in two games. But he's got speed on speed on speed. And it's been a little while since Oklahoma was actively recruiting this kid. You have to rewind to the COVID-19 pandemic back in the summer and fall of 2020. But Brennan Thompson was a kid that probably would have ended up being a Sooner if Mule Shoe hadn't taken things to the bank a little too early with Luther Burden, Talon Shetron, and Jordan Hudson. So, you keep that in mind. This could be, and this this could very well be, a Braylon Presley-esque type of situation where really the only question is, does OU want to make a spot? For Brennan Thompson. This is a kid that I absolutely would make a spot for because you can't find that type of speed in every single class. No, I mean, this, the type of speed that you're talking about, like he's going to want to play football and he's probably going to want to run track at whatever school that he's at next. So um, that could be a nice kit for the OU football team. That could be a very nice kit for the OU track team as well because we just kind of shared what type of burner he is. So. Uh, I would uh, I would keep an eye on that one. I mean, we saw last year that OU added some players after the spring. That's certainly going to be the case once again this year. I mean, OU added two two quarterbacks after spring ball last year. So could they add another wide receiver? Uh, yeah, I think that that could definitely be in the cards. So uh, keep an eye keep an eye on Brennan Thompson. But really, like what we said is kind of the case with him. What are you getting if you get him? You're getting speed. You're going to get one of your fastest players on the entire team. And we'll see if he would immediately help you out on the special team side of things or if that would be their plans. But speed is what you're getting here. Yes, and somebody on the text line says, looks like Coach Jones offered him at Tech back in March of 2020. Uh, Tech did offer him back in March of 2020. However, Emmett Jones was not the wide receiver coach at Texas Tech at the time. 2022 was his first year back at Tech after a three-year hiatus out in Lubbock. He'd been at Kansas from 2019 to 2021. So there is not as much familiarity there as you'd probably like there to be. Uh, because, you know, if, if Emmett Jones is at Texas Tech in 2020 and 2021, maybe this is a pretty open and shut deal. But Again, I think this comes down to whether or not Oklahoma wants to take and make a spot for Brennan Thompson because he was very, very high on Oklahoma at a certain point in his recruitment. Very high on him. 
Drew from Flower Mound, wasn't he close to Oklahoma State as well? Yeah, I think he was. Was it like OSU, Texas, there. and OU, kind of the, the three there? Yeah. By yeah. the end of it, OU had long since dropped out of contention because Muleshoe had quit recruiting the kid. Uh, but by the end of it, it was Texas, it was A&M, it was Oklahoma State, and it was Clemson. Those were kind of the four schools that were in until the end on Brennan Thompson. But again... He really, really liked Oklahoma. I'm going to have to dig up the story I did on him in, like, April of 2020. I think he was at um, I think he was at the Bedlam game in 2020, I want to say, at, at, at OU. I don't remember if that was an, an unofficial or if that was an OV, but I think he was at Norman. For yeah, that, that would have uh, been an unofficial. Uh, Bedlam game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four-star running back James Peoples, who we talked about, he's an Ohio State commit, and he's got high expectations for the Buckeyes in the 2024 class. He says, quote, boom, I think this may be one of the most powerful recruiting classes in OSU history, in quotes. Now, that's going to be a pretty tough bar to reach, and as I was kind of looking more into Ohio State after their AD basically had to come out and say, yes, we fully back Ryan Day. Anytime an AD has to do that publicly, that makes you think, huh, that's interesting that the AD is uh, publicly backing the head coach like that. Do you want to take a guess as to how many national championships Ohio State has won in the past 50 years? You want to take a guess to that? Uh, four? They're considered a blue blood, and I think that that's true. They're considered, you know, not tier one with Bama and Georgia, but that next tier down. They've got two national championships since in, in the past 50 years. Wait, that's Bama it? Bama has 10 in that time frame. USC has five. Miami has five. OU has four, and Nebraska has four. Yeah, just two in the past 50 years. Isn't that interesting? And it kind of went to a greater point of, you know, Michigan and Ohio State are both recruiting at a very high level right now. We'll see if Michigan can break through and win a national championship this year. But you think of these big brands in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. But really, in the past 50 years, in like the modern era of college football, the Big Ten doesn't really have a whole lot of national championships to show for it. Gosh, I would never, I would never have guessed two national championships in the last I was surprised, years. too. That is shocking. Um, Gunny of Stutzman Army on the text line said, Oh man, Parker, April of 2020 was a good month for me, sir. It was 420 every day. Oh, oh Gunny's gosh, already on so one. Boy. It's 245 on a Wednesday. It's 420 for you every day, Gunny. What are you talking about? Let's see your text here every single day. Uh, did that linebacker sign with Ohio State or Oklahoma, says the 405? If you're talking about Peyton Pierce, he uh, he indeed signed with, or he didn't sign. He committed to Ohio State last night. So difference between signing and committed. Can't sign right now. Um, all indications are that OU is not going to give up, but we'll see how that one rolls uh, down the stretch. 405-651-3439. Still some more recruiting to get to. We'll get to more team notes as well. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Home Sooner fans. I'm at Moore Norman Technology Center today. MNTC, established in 1972, is viewed as one of the nation's premier educational and training institutions. MNTC is one of 29 technology centers within Oklahoma's globally recognized career tech systems. MNTC.edu for more information 
on uh, how you can get uh, joined in and all the excitement going on here at the Moore Norman Technology Center. Um, spring game forecast looking promising. I just checked extended forecast, 76 for the high, just a 17% chance of rain. How's the uh, spring game forecast looking in terms of uh, recruits? Is is this going to be one of their bigger recruiting weekends of the year or not so much on April 22nd? What's, what's it looking like? I think it'll be sizable, and you already have a couple of confirmed big, big names coming in for the spring game, and Joseph Jonah Ajonie, four-star defensive lineman out of Conroe, Texas, as well as Casey Poe, four-star offensive lineman out of Lindale, Texas. Those are two guys that I would consider – I, hmm – I think Casey Poe ends up in the class. I've had in a, I've had a crystal ball in for quite some time for him. Joseph Jonah Ajonier, the only thing holding me back from putting in a crystal ball for that kid is how many other targets Oklahoma has on the defensive line board. Now, it, I do think he's the guy that he's a guy that could rise enough to the point where OU really can't put him on the back burner anymore because I think he's a very very good prospect, uh, but with the breadth of targets that Oklahoma has right now on the defensive line. I'm kind of standing pat on that one for now. Jonah Ajonier, though, definitely a guy that really, really likes Oklahoma. So not the biggest recruiting weekend of the year, but there will be a good number of highly rated prospects in town. That's what it sounds like. Yes. Maybe not bigger than the Champion Barbecue, but spring game weekend you'll have you'll, you'll have a decent amount of commits. and. We'll see what happens after that. Be surprised if any commits happen before the spring game on April 22nd. Like maybe we see one or two that weekend, but surprised to see commit number three before that game actually gets here. Uh, yeah, I would be surprised if it happened before the spring game. I could see it happening in the immediate aftermath of the spring game. However, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Maybe maybe one or two there. Ty says, Parker, if you had to take a guess, which one of the big four defensive linemen commits to OU first? Zadavian Sims. That would be my answer. Zadavian Sims. Kind of hard to say David Stone when, I mean, it's the most unpredictable recruitment that maybe is on the board right now. So I would, like, totally omit David Stone from that, and I would tend to agree that's, that it would be uh, – That's I, I would agree with that. I, I wouldn't say Zadavian – or, excuse me. Uh, David Stone, though. Yeah, I just – and someone texted in, no more David Stone talk till September. That would be great. It would be glorious. Uh, but there, he's going to be in the news so much. He's probably in the news more than any OU recruit currently going on right now. So as much as we might enjoy that, there's really not a situation where that's going to be the case, unfortunately. Yeah, somebody on the text line says – uh, somebody asked earlier, Parker, last cycle you got irritated at a certain point when people would ask about Peyton Bowen. Is it going to be the same story with David Stone this time around? Yes, it will absolutely be. And I'm just – I'm longing for the day that we can go an entire week. Maybe this will never happen. But if we could go an entire week without bringing David Stone's name up on this show, this would be fantastic. I don't know if it's humanly possible, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it would do a lot of people some good, but I just I, – I don't know if it's possible that we could get there. I mean, maybe we could try during the summer. I'm, I'm definitely up to try it, but uh, I just I'm, – I'm not – I don't know if we could make it to Tuesday before we would mention him. So, uh, by the way, OU Hoops Portal News, I did see that uh, Javon Small from ECU 
not East Central University in uh, Ada. I'm talking about East Carolina University. He will be uh, visiting Oklahoma soon. So we, we don't have any news necessarily on the hoops front of any imminence commits via the portal, but at least we're starting to hear about some visits that have taken place or are going to take place here in the near future. So uh, that that's at least promising on the hoop side of things. I, I yes, it's promising. You just you want to commit at some if you can get somebody to be first through the wall and jump on board with the Sooners and the transfer portal, then maybe you can get the ball rolling downhill a little bit, and then maybe there's cause for some belief in uh, what Porter Moser is going to build this off season. But you just you need a body right now, Tyler, and it sucks that we're at that point. But Oklahoma basketball just needs somebody, anybody. Yeah, new ESPN rankings. Told you we couldn't go without mentioning David Stone, which somebody just texted in David Stone's name, one, two, three, four, five, 15 consecutive times, so appreciate that. David Stone, number five in the new ESPN 300 rankings. Williams Winery, number 10 in the latest 300 rankings from ESPN. Bryant Wesco, up from 192 to number 23. Nigel Smith at 107. No Mike Hawkins, no Jeremiah Newcomb. Two commits in OU's 2024 class. And then Dylan Riola. Uh, like 24-7, currently the uh, number one overall rated player in these ESPN 300 rankings. So we'll keep tabs on it. Big recruiting weekend coming up a week from Saturday. And like I said, 76 degrees for a high and only a slight chance of rain. I mean, I don't want to jinx it because we know what the weather normally looks like for the spring game. But, hey, could look like a, a nice day in Norman on April 22nd. All right, that'll do it for Locked In. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.